Hello and welcome to your Over the Farmgate podcast brought to you by Farmers Guardian. I'm your host, FG Deputy Editor Olivia Midgley. Don't forget, we'll bring you a new episode of the podcast every Tuesday. Just make sure you subscribe on your favourite platform. Well, it's the menace the industry has been grappling with for years, dog attacks. And this week, I can exclusively reveal to Over the Farmgate listeners that the latest figures from UK police forces show they dealt with more than 1,100 incidents of sheep worrying in 2020. That's a rise of 37% in just one year. Farmers Guardian retrieved the data under the Freedom of Information Act and it shows a worrying picture with dog ownership surging in lockdown and more people descending on the countryside than ever before. The industry is braced for more of these horrific attacks in the coming months. Well, Dorset sheep farmer Gemma Harding took a break from the lambing shed to talk about the trauma she's faced over the years alongside Biosecurity Minister and Farmer Lord John Gardner, who tells us why he thinks the relaunch of the Countryside Code will go some way to educating the public about responsible dog ownership and to help keep livestock safe. But first, here's National Sheep Association Chief Executive Phil Stocker, who gives his reaction to FG's findings and tells me why he doesn't think the code goes far enough. So, Phil, we can reveal today that there were more than 1,100 incidents of sheep worrying reported to police in 2020. That's up from 800 in 2019. What do you make of this jump? Well, it's really quite shocking, isn't it? Although I'd have to say that it's no surprise to me. Um, You know, when I consider the number of um, calls that we've been getting from members and the reports that have been across the whole industry about the increase in uh, in dog problems with sheep, it's no surprise, but it's a uh, a shocking statistic, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. And and what have your members been reporting to you? Uh, They've definitely been reporting uh, more cases of um, dogs attacking sheep. And actually, if anything, the the severity of those attacks has got worse as well. So it does seem that the numbers of sheep being affected by these attacks are, are, are going up. I think it's all probably connected with the fact that um, people have changed their behavioural habits. So uh, over lockdown, there's more people using the general countryside. There's more people owning dogs and those dogs are coming into contact with livestock like they never would have done previously when people were taking their dogs to other, you know, more public public spaces, I guess. It is a fear of things opening up a bit. It's been bad when things have been locked down because it's almost been the only thing that has been open. But as things open up more, and yeah. and yeah, I mean, there is a real fear out there, I think, about what's going to happen. And particularly yeah. in some of those hotspot areas in national parks and the like, I think there's some real fear about that. With dog ownership rising astronomically by the sounds of it, you would think that the issue is actually going to get worse because these dogs probably won't have been trained either. I, I think it will. I mean, we've seen a, a, a spike in cases over this year where people almost with their current existing dogs have just changed their habits and the, the, the problems got worse. But actually what we do know, as you say, we know that dog, uh, the numbers of dogs have, have gone up. Puppy prices have just gone through the roof, because, which is an indication of the demand for puppies. Um, and at the moment, probably a lot of those puppies haven't reached the, the stage of maturity where they're going to be out and about and chase sheep. They're still puppies, a lot of these animals. And also you'd say that probably there's still a, a bit of a novelty to many of the family, families that have, um, that have bought them. And it, I think it's inevitable that as we approach the summer, that some of these people will get a little bit fed up of them. They won't care for them so well. And of course, more of those dogs are going to be reaching maturity and a- able to do damage. So I think we're going to have to watch things really, really carefully over this coming, coming summer. 
And obviously the, the new relaunched Countryside Code has, has just come in, hasn't it? I mean, we were hoping that was an opportunity perhaps for simpler messaging on, on dogs on leads. I mean, what, what do you make of the code? Well, I'm really disappointed about it, actually. We at the National Sheep Association have been calling for the Countryside Code to be reviewed for quite some time now. And I'm really disappointed that we weren't even consulted in the production of that code, even though uh, Natural England and, and NRW have been saying quite widely that they've consulted on a, on, a, on a large level. You know, we've not been consulted whatsoever. And um, when you look at the code, um, there's some fairly positive messages in the longer version. But I think very few members of the public are going to read the longer version. If you look at the short version, it's really, really weak, just as uh, in 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 the um, the area of um, dog control, you know, all it says is that dogs should be kept under control and should be in sight. And we know that dogs can do a lot of damage to sheep whilst they're in sight of their owners. You know, it's just it's far too weak to be of any value to sheep farmers. I'd say. Mm-hmm. And what would what in your mind what is the answer to that? What what should the messaging be? The the message should be, simply be that the only way that you can be sure that your dog is under control in the region of livestock is uh, is if it's on a lead there's a fairly simple message in my mind so be certain your dog's under control and keep it on a lead one of the things that came out of the foi requests that fg put into police which is i think we've got 33 responses from uk police forces there's still a really mixed picture in terms of what forces are actually recording some don't record incidents at all because it's unbelievably not a um, sheep wearing isn't a notifiable offense even if even if animals are killed what do you make of that in terms of you know some some forces are great um, north wales for example is, is some fantastic work but others just don't seem to understand this the seriousness of, of this no no they they don't actually and i think we all appreciate the pressure that the police are under um but having said that um you know we've been working together you know the nsa um farmers guardian you know other organizations been working for a long time uh, to communicate with the police about this and to try to um, make sure there's a little bit more consistency in how police forces are dealing with it and it's i'd have to say that it's really really hard work you know there's been one or two initiatives such as um forces leading the um you know the 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 issue across the country and and um you know rural teams supposedly picking up on it more but i would still say it is um it's woefully lacking actually in terms of consistency across the country and that makes it difficult for organizations like us doesn't it you know when we're talking to the industry about what they should be doing and the the importance of reporting and if people are getting inconsistent responses it makes it really really difficult to 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 drive things forward and get any consistency in the outcome of this well, that's it. It does seem like a, a postcode lottery, doesn't it? In terms of when, when we're speaking to farmers, it just depends where they are in the country as to how their local police force will deal with it. I mean, what's been the reaction from your members in terms of the feedback from your members in terms of how, how the police deal with these horrible incidents when they do occur? Well, I would say that we get some really positive responses. There are some police forces that deal with it very well and they're uh, really considerate and helpful and they go out their way to help. And they do often bring a resolution. So we do get some positive um, responses back from members, but there'll be plenty of people in other parts of the country that uh, don't experience the same um, as that at all and uh, are really quite frustrated. And the, the, the danger of that is that people, if people have an attack and they contact the police and they don't get a, a helpful response, usually the, um, the, the next time that they, they, they get a problem, they don't bother anymore. Mm. 
and then you know if you like um, we're not aware of the the the, the attacks you know the incidents aren't being picked up and if you like um it, it it takes you to a situation where farmers are trying to deal with things in their in their own way you know uh, uh, without involving the authorities and it's not really helpful so the, the fact that there is such an inconsistent um, response is, is, is not helping the police in the long term, in my mind. Mm-hmm. And what would your message to farmers be if they are unfortunate enough to, to have to deal with this? So things like, you know, if you can, I suppose, get some video or photographic evidence of, of the dog mm-hmm. chasing the sheep. What, what else, you know, should farmers do if, if this yeah. happens to them? I think they should gather all the evidence they possibly can. And with, um, you know, smartphones the way they are now, it's not difficult to get um, photographs. So photographs, you know, if you can uh, talk to the dog owner and maybe get some sort of statement um, from them. I think always to report cases to the police, however Mm. insignificant they might be. And there's still this issue as well about um, dogs chasing sheep and maybe never, ever touching them or catching them or doing Mm. any physical damage to them. But just that chasing, the stress that that can cause, particularly at this time of year with um, Mm. uh, still heavy in lamb ewes and and ewes and lambs Mm. um, in, in the fields as well. So however light you might feel that that case has been always reported to the police and and try to put pressure on the police to make sure that they report it they record it as a, mm. a as an incident i think we all have to just keep put it sometimes it feels very very hard and you know how long have we been working on this subject mm. on this topic and yes, if yeah. anything the problem seems to have got worse not mm. better over the last mm. few years so it is frustrating but we've just got to keep going i think keep reporting keep gathering evidence keep talking about it and, um, and keep putting pressure on the authorities to um, you know, give us some uh, stronger legal frameworks as well. Welcome to the show, Lord Gardner and Gemma Harding. Lord Gardner, we'll start with you first, if that's OK. The Countryside Code has just been relaunched. Can you tell me what's different in it this time? And importantly, how are you going to make sure people see it and really understand it? Well, uh, thank you, because this is a very important time to refresh a Countryside Code with the lessons we've learned from last year and many more people wanting to come and enjoy the countryside. And I think all of us, I farm myself, all of us want people to enjoy the countryside, but it needs to be done responsibly because it's a place of work for the farmers producing food for us all, but also it's a place for nature. And therefore it's really important that we try and get the message across in a contemporary way, using the mechanisms that, 70 years ago, when we had the first countryside code, we didn't have the digital era. So it's all about refreshing the countryside code. It's about new advice to people about saying hello, sharing the space, enjoying the visit, indeed having fun, making a memory, but also a reminder about things like not to feed livestock, horses or wild animals, importantly about staying on marked footpaths, even if they're muddy, because we must remember to protect crops and wildlife. And also information, because I think my experience, again, as a farmer, is that most people want to do the right thing. And therefore, it's about information uh, to the public. It also is about a revision, making clear to dog walkers to take um, dog mess home Uh, with them and to use their own bin and may I say not hang it uh, on on a hedgerow Uh, and it's also about refreshing the tone we're having people coming to the side now thank goodness for well-being and other reasons um, that have never been before and therefore it's about how do we work in a partnership 
And that's why I'm very pleased that the refresh has had the NFU, Tenant Farmers Association, CLA, Ramblers, Disabled Ramblers, Kennel Club, large numbers of organizations playing their part in this partnership so that we have a refresh. That is a beginning because Natural England will be working on a longer term refresh, but we wanted in what we know will be a very busy year as more and more people want to come and enjoy the countryside that they can do so responsibly. Absolutely. And as you'll know, Farmers Guardians Take the Lead campaign has been pushing these messages of acting responsibly in the countryside for several years now, with a particular focus on highlighting the devastation dogs off the lead can cause to livestock, um, mainly sheep. How will the new code help with this specific issue of livestock worrying, do you think? Well, again, it's about a dialogue with dog owners about having their dogs under control. Again, I know of farmers up and down the country and as my task as Minister for Rural Affairs, I again know of the terrible instances of uh, worrying and the damage and the heartache concern, not only the animal welfare, but the farmers too. So we do need to work and why we're working very strongly with, as I say, we worked with the Kennel Club, but we're working with the NFU, the all party group, for animal welfare, the Scottish Government, and indeed working with the Health and Safety Executive, because I recognise, the government recognises, this is an area where people should have responsibility for their dogs. It is their responsibility to ensure that their dog behaves responsibly and they have the dog under control. So this is very uh, current, and I'm very glad that the Farmer's Guardian is also so strong on this, I would expect them to be. Mindful also, we have legislation, we have a statutory code of practice for the welfare of dogs. In the end, we have got to educate, and that's why the code and working with the Kennel Club and other dog-owning organisations is to get so that everyone with their dogs behaves responsibly and the dog enjoys the countryside and indeed the people with the dogs enjoy the countryside. I'm going to bring Gemma in here because, Gemma, your flock has been really at the sharp end of dog attacks, hasn't it? Just describe to us what's happened on your farm and how your business has been affected. I have had numerous dog attacks and uh, more often than not, the person has told me that their dog has brilliant recall, that their dog... uh, one, One woman told me that her she couldn't catch the dog, she couldn't even see the dog, but she told me that it had just been playing with the sheep and it wouldn't hurt them. And when I went and got the dog and it had a ewe penned in the corner and brought it back to her, she said, oh, it's covered in blood. It must have hurt itself. Now, what the dog had actually done was bitten three sheep and pulled the ear off another. So people just aren't aware of what their dogs are capable of. They think dogs, because at home the dogs are cute, cuddly and brilliant and have great temperaments. They don't understand that the prey drive in every dog is really strong. And once that gets ignited by a running sheep, recall is, uh, you know, every time it happens, people can't catch the dog. Every time it's happened, I've had five, six dog attacks in the last few years. And every time they cannot catch the dog. The most recent one was a very sweet by Marana. It jumped a fence. Um, They always jump fences. It jumped a fence with a wire on top. Uh, and immediately killed two lambs. 
it knew exactly what it was doing. It's never done it before, but it knew exactly what it was doing. And the owner was shocked and devastated. Um, but even his friend said, oh, the dog's the most obedient dog I've ever met. So under, I think, saying having your dog under close control is a little bit of a loose term because what people think is control often isn't enough. And would it be, do you think it would be a simpler message to, to just ask people to keep the dogs on a lead at all times? Yes. And then when you do, because when you do come across people and you ask them to do it, they get very funny with you. They get rude and abusive often. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of that is down to the fact that people don't know how to lead train their dogs. So they pull, you know, they, everyone in harnesses and they pull like trains. So having your dog on a lead is not a pleasurable experience. So everyone wants their dog to just do what it does. Um, and I, I think it's just, it's education. I don't, I don't think anyone intends for it to happen. Although you do hear of quite a lot of cases, I haven't had it, but where people... Uh, have laughed when dogs been chained sheep found it amusing and I don't know whether that is just an attitude thing or whether it's just lack of understanding of what damage that's causing just just the chasing the dog doesn't have to bite them to cause a huge amount of damage mm-hmm. Gemma I know you're lambing at the moment and I can so hear some lambs in the background <laughs> which is lovely <laughs> What's the impact been on on your business, Gemma? Because it just sounds absolutely horrific. You know, not only for the for, for the for you, but also for the dog owners, for the for the vets as well who have to deal with these attacks. Yeah, yeah. The the vet that came and um, dealt with a you that had her ear bitten off. He managed. He patched her up really well. To be fair, there was a flap of it was kind of hanging off of the flap, and he managed to pull the flap over. And I still have her. And she recovered really well. But it, even he messaged me the following day to see how she was because he was a little bit traumatised by it. Um, it's Yes, it's a, it's a big financial hit each time it happens. But actually, it's the trauma. And I know people find this hard to understand because we do send our animals to slaughter. But there is something about a dog attack that is so traumatic to deal with the aftermath. I don't think it's possible to explain how hard it is and how much it hits you emotionally and how draining it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just in the instance either. There's, you know, there's the ramifications after of having to clear up the mess of what's left behind the carnage and, and sort of check everything. And, you know, that I'm middle of lambing and I had this dog kill two lambs and that took out an hour and a half of my day when I was really busy uh, waiting for the police. I had to go, I was at the other end of the farm. I had to drive, I had to try and help catch this dog. That took 15 minutes. Then I had to wait for the police to turn up. Uh, I haven't actually given a statement yet because I said I was too busy, but I had to talk to the police for 20 minutes. So it, it's, it's a big impact in lots of different ways. And, and actually, for me, the biggest thing is the waiting for it to happen again. Like you're just waiting. You're waiting for that phone call of, oh, there's a dog in with a shoe. Um, that's that's really horrible actually that fear of it happening it sounds so so distressing I mean Lord Gardner I just wondered if you'd come in there and that specific point does the code go far enough I know you you talked there about educating people to keep the dogs under close control but would it be a simpler message to to ask people to keep the dogs on a lead well my prelude to all of that is that the trauma uh, for both animals and for the farmer is what I feel very strongly about the education of owners of dogs seems to me we can have the legislation 
position we all have, we have a statutory code. But what we've got to get across to every dog owner is the responsibility they have for the actions of their dog. And I you know, think it's terrible that members of the public should be abusive to farmers, asking them to be careful uh, to, look, to make sure their dogs do not, um, do not damage or, or get amongst the uh, animals. We've put under control because uh, as part of how we should proceed is because um, overwhelmingly, I agree, there will be times when the dog should be on a lead. I think there are other times in the countryside where uh, a dog um, proceed without being on a lead. What, as I say, what, what we're doing is we're working with the health and safety executive because clearly we want to make sure, obviously, the legislation is right. But you can have, in my experience, lots of legislation, but it's actually about owners being more responsible for their dogs. And I just have one rider is that having discussed this with police forces around the country, it's very often not visitors' dogs. It very often appears very often to be dogs from a local village mm. that get loose and are causing this problem. So all of this is about everyone, wherever they are, being responsible for their for the dog. And I mean, one of the things that the bill was recently passed in um, the Scottish government, wasn't it, about really toughening up the law on, on dog attacks and increasing police powers in this area. I think they were raising the, the maximum amount of fine to £40,000. And the hope is that it will actually act as a deterrent. Um, Lord Garner, do you, do you know if we'll see the same for England and Wales anytime soon? Because I know that's something that the all-party parliamentary group on animal welfare was, was working on. Well, that's why I said this is this is something that uh, we are considering because we need to obviously work through with local police forces and the effectiveness of the law and how actually in the main objective is bring down on the current of um, like worrying. That seems to me where we do need to um, work upon. So this is current and I will be as I say taking back obviously the points that Gemma have made but other farmers have made we do need to work with the dog owning community to ensure that they understand their responsibilities. Is it um, I mean would it be an idea to have a an official leaflet printed that goes to vets that when the dog has its first vaccination gets handed out to every single owner so that they can't they can never say that they didn't know that they haven't had the information. Very uh, interesting uh, idea I will definitely want to reflect on and take back. To me, as I say, you can have lots of legislation, but it's how do you ensure that the mindset of dog owners is they have a responsibility for all of their dogs at home and in the countryside. And that's where I think we need to work ever closely and why we've been working with the Kennel Club and other dog-owning organisations, because in the end, this will be resolved by people being much more conscious of behaving properly with their dogs. Mm-hmm. And it's just making sure that people, yeah, are fully fully aware and so that there really isn't an excuse. I mean, 
if, Logan, if there's one thing that you could say to the public that sticks in the mind before they set out for the countryside, because as we know, lockdowns, restrictions are easing now and, you know, people are descending on the countryside. You know, what, what do you think would, would really make a difference if there was one message that you could, you could get across? Think. Think about enjoying the countryside in a way that you enjoy it and you come back with a, with a light hand that you have not damaged it, you haven't left litter, you've shut the gates, you leave it as you find it. all the virtues of enjoying the countryside. And if you're out with your dog, you have a responsibility to it, but not only for livestock uh, uh, of the sort Gemma with her, with her sheep, but also uh, in, in terms of the uh, natural world as well. As I say, we're part of the natural world. We need to have a light touch with it because it is fragile. And as more people come out into the countryside, which most farmers would think is a very good idea. But the good idea is if everyone behaves responsibly and why the refresh code, as I say, I think is the right way forward of acting in that responsible way. Yeah, and, and leaving no trace, yeah, is, is, is uh, such it's a... It's the light touch, yeah. isn't yeah. it? It's about how, how, if we're thinking about the planet and the fragility of the planet, we humans need to have a light touch on the planet. We need to have a light touch in terms of how we care and protect the natural environment and respect Gemma. Mm-hmm. Respect the farmers and landowners across whose land we as walkers will... Um, go across and that they are producing food for us and so it's that mutuality of everyone respecting each other for instance I'd be the first to say we need to make sure that land managers farmers understand that the countryside is a lifeline for people we've Mm. learned we've learned that so evidently from covid and so forth so we want more people to enjoy the countryside the challenge and why we wanted this refresh at this time of year, there are going to be more people coming. We want everyone to enjoy it, but that shouldn't be the enjoyment at the expense of farmers like Gemma or farmers or Gemma's livestock. Mm-hmm. And, and Gemma, if there's one thing that you could say to the public that really sticks in the in the minds, what would it be? I agree that it's great to have people out and about. I really like engaging with people and giving them a window into this world. But do not underestimate what your dog is capable of. No matter the breed, no matter how sweet and cuddly it is, do not trust that it's not going to chase sheep because it is a dog and it is instinctive and it's not the dog's fault. If you allow your dog to do that, you've let your dog down. It's on, it's on the owner. It's never the dog's fault. The dog is just being a dog. So just... Just don't underestimate it. And ever, if you're ever in doubt, if you think there might be livestock around, put it on a lead. Just then you're safe. Then your dog is safe. The livestock are safe. I know farmers that have just had enough and they will shoot dogs straight away because it's happened too many times to them. Don't let that happen to your dog. It's just not worth it for the sake of putting it on a lead. Thank you to Phil, Gemma and Lord Gardner there. Farmers Guardian and our partners will continue to push the messages of responsible dog ownership to the wider public through our Take the Lead campaign. Don't forget you can order your free red warning signs on our website. Just head to fginsight.com forward slash take the lead or why not tweet me at FG Olivia Midgley. 
That's it for this week. We'll be back with you next week with more. Enjoy the weather. Thank you for listening. Goodbye for now. <laughs>